You're listening to Castrol CarCast on Podcast One. Well, in this episode, uh, we go through a thorough drive of the Mach Mustang Mach E. Yeah, and uh, Matt really first guy I've spoken to has taken that car out for for a ride. So we'll get into that. We'll talk about a good investment on a race car or two for you. But first, there's Matt. Yeah, well, you know, we all know that Dodge means horsepower and muscle, but did you know that J.D. Power has ranked Dodge number one for initial quality? J.D. Power also named Dodge the automotive company with the best driver appeal for mass market brands. That's number one in initial quality and appeal in the same year. And it's the first time the domestic automotive brand has ran away with both awards in the same year. With enough style, horsepower, and performance to make your muscle car dreams come true, it's no wonder that Dodge is scooping up all these awards. Well, there's never been a better time now to join the Brotherhood of Muscle. So see your local Dodge dealer today or visit Dodge.com. Hey, this is J.J. French. Through five decades in the music industry, having sold over 20 million records, performed over 9,000 shows, and receiving 37 gold and platinum albums as a musician, manager, and record producer. I'm also an author, motivational speaker, marathon runner, inducting to the Long Island Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, guitar collector, and a founding member of a little band you may have heard of called Twisted Sister. Now I'm ready to share the secrets of my survival in one of the most vicious and predatory businesses on earth, the music business, in my new podcast, The French Connection, the music business and beyond on podcast one get ready to hear real inside stories from me and my famous guests as they tell you how it's really done not just in the music industry either i guarantee that you will always learn something unexpected from successful survivors from many walks of life that's the beyond part that i'm so excited about don't miss the french connection the music business and beyond with me jj french tuesdays on podcast one spotify and apple podcasts Yeah, get it on. Got to get it on. A choice, but you got a mandate. Get it on. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for telling a friend. Welcome to CarCast, Amanda Crawl. That's Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea over there, y'all. Hello. How you doing? I'm doing good. Lots of stuff going on in the car world. I have a uh, investment race car for folks that are listening that, uh, you know, you want to get in under a million dollars. Yeah. But you want something that's going to go up in value. And you want something you could probably uh, drive in some events in the future. Mm-hmm. The not too near future. Possibly <laughs> the distant future. Yeah. Maybe something your grandchildren can drive in a historic event. Um, so I'll tell you about that car. You drove the uh, Mustang E. The Mach E. Yeah. The Mach E, which is under the Mustang flag, but it doesn't resemble a Mustang. We've talked about that Ford, mm-hmm. sort of extending that into the, the uh, electric car version. I got my kids driving, got them on the freeway, yeah. got uh, Natalia on the freeway, got Sonny, uh, Sonny bopping around. Do you take them one at a time or together? Yeah, they, and then wouldn't, swap? they wouldn't work together. No, they would, <coughs> they would start fighting or something. A little backseat driving, a little there'd, fatiguing. There'd be a little of, of that. I am, a, I am a great instructor because, uh, well, I taught boxing, I taught, I taught comedy traffic school. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. But I have a smooth demeanor, and that's what makes me a good a good instructor. And I understand how everything works. That's why I was able to teach that model to drive a Viper in 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, her, you, her you, Voltaire thing. Right? Do you think anyone else could teach a model <laughs> who's never – this is a 26-year-old hot chick yeah. who's never driven a stick shift. Put her into a Dodge Viper with 650 horsepower, had her driving the thing perfectly – 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. That's all. Yeah. Anyone else? Anyone else do that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think so. You want to know why, well, no Max Zapata? Because they, no one gets down to what the fucking problem is. You have to distill the problem. The, the problem with people learning to drive a stick is the clutch. They have a problem with the clutch. Yeah. They let the clutch out. The car starts bucking, and they don't know what to do, and they don't give it more gas, and the car stalls. Right. That's And every time they try and move, like backing out or doing a slow car, it's like buck, 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 and then it stalls. That The problem isn't the steering. Right. The problem isn't the shifting, because they're just in first gear, like the whole time, like, you know, yeah. puttering around. The problem isn't the brake. The problem isn't the gas. So what is the problem? What What does... God damn it. What the fuck's <laughs> wrong with everyone? What, what is the difference between a manual shift car and an automatic shift car? It's the clutch. The third pedal. That's the clutch. That's where the problem lies. Once you address the clutch, then you're done with the problem. Then you can teach anyone to drive a stick shift anyone? immediately. Yes. Can um, you teach Fondelier? No. <laughs> He's not anyone. <laughs> I'm putting, uh, I'm getting Natalia in the Z car, like lickety split. I'm like, you're getting in the Z. Yeah. I'll teach you to drive a fucking stick in 10 minutes yeah. and you'll be the only kid at your school who can drive a stick. It's easy. Once you would think you said Natalia though, not, not Sonny. He's not, he's not there yet. Natalia <laughs> is, is good. Like She's more determined to learn to drive. She wants more freedom. She's less fear based and Sonny's more fear based, but Sonny's, you know, getting into it now. He's getting a little out of a shell and Natalia's buzzing along the freeway. I mean, the other night yeah. she was just humming along the freeway. So I will have her in the Z car. I will have her in the Z car with the stick shift and I'll have her on the freeway in the Z. I just see Natalia hopping in the car in shorts and an iPhone and I see Sonny with a helmet on on the freeway. Oh, she she was like the other night, she was like, I want to go to Pasadena. I'm like, I'm not driving you to Pasadena tonight. I'm taking Sonny out. Oh, I'll take the car. I said, no, 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 no. She went from I'm too scared to drive the freeway to I'll take the car yeah. in about about twenty six hours. That that was her turnaround time yeah. for for that. So I, listen, I, for me, it was all about freedom. When you're 16 or when you're getting a license, you're like, I I just want to drive. I just can't wait to drive. I can't wait for my parents to be able to go. All right, now you can go by yourself to this place. Like I had an older brother. I I, I still do, but mm-hmm. and and it was a lot of you could drive, but your brother's got to go with you for a little bit, right? You know, like and then once. Once he didn't care and he didn't want to do it anymore, then the parents were like, "All right, you could you could just drive on your own." That was the best. For yeah, me. yeah. You know, for them, it's it's so it it's interesting. So, um, my first house that I I lived in with my mom and dad was about 
Max Pata, that house that was bulldozed, that was a thing, 850 square feet or something. It was just a miniature right, yeah. little weird house, and I lived in a porch, and everything was, like, cramped and whatever. And, by the way, my parents are pieces of shit, so, I like, who wants to be in these <laughs> cramped quarters with your fucking horrible people, right? And then... It's like jail. My dad bought a house, and that house was... I mean, that that's the A-frame house, Max Pata, where my dad's like out on the lawn. You can tell how big that house is because there's only one room. So you see a picture of the house. That's the square footage. Mm-hmm. You can calculate it from outside the house. You don't need to go into the basement or figure out the right. loft or anything. It is, you know, 17 feet by 19 feet. That's... That's the home. Yeah. So then I had to live in that piece of shit with my idiot dad for a number of years. And at some point, we may have stepped up to 1,700 square feet with my stepmom, who wasn't a fan, and my idiot dad. So it's like I was crammed in with these people and want to get the fuck out of there. Of course. Of course. My kids are like 7,300 square feet and fun dad. Like my son <laughs> wants to shoot pool with me. Yeah. So, all right, we'll go shoot pool in the part of the house, and yeah. then we'll go down in the movie theater and watch a movie. So they don't have dick parents, and they have so much square footage, yeah. they're not looking to get out. Right. No, you could go to the other side, and this is more privacy than you'd get anywhere. Well, just, just the notion of having a bathroom in your bedroom. Yes. You don't have to. Uh, all the houses I speak of had one bathroom, yeah. like one yeah, shower. Yeah, so yeah. you have to deal with it. Who was in the shower waiting to get into the bathroom, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so um, freedom for us. But uh, like I said, my kids are in a little different bracket. And also their parents are – they like their parents, which is yeah. different. I didn't – I had like step-parents and weird parents and like no one wanted to – no one wanted to hang out with them. Let, let's take Sonny and Natalia to the to Bondurant. Well, that that was that's kind of my next thing, which is like go do one of those. Uh, There's even like a half day courses. introduction to driving course, you know, like a driver safety course, like how do you, you know, like put them through the water, and like how to use ABS brakes and turn around an obstacle, and mm-hmm. and you think Natalia feels like a race car driver now after a day and a half of of driving with you? Imagine when she comes home from that school. She was. She's going to be Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> she was uh, driving um, um, Angeles Crest Highway. I always pause now because I want to say Pacific Coast Highway because mm-hmm. that's been on my mind. But uh, she was up driving Angeles Crest Highway. I had to give her a quick speech, though. It was like on the mountain road, like, you cannot spaz and punch it and send us over this cliff. Like, right, you, you, right. you, if I yell break, you just have to break. Like, you cannot just shear a lug nut and just start going for the edge <laughs> right. and accelerate. Right. There are consequences at that point, right? Well, I told both of them, look, the only real danger here is if you completely just spaz out and punch it and can't remove your foot from the accelerator like an old person driving yeah. through a farmer's market where it's like, I can't stop pushing on this accelerator. Like There, yeah. there are certain people who are wired where it's like <clears> – <throat> It's like they gas it on a motorcycle and they start heading and they, they plow through the backyard. And it's like, you got to let off the gas, but yeah. they can't. Yeah. I, for some reason, their fear freeze thing doesn't allow them to fucking back off the accelerator. Yeah. They just punch it. They keep going faster. They're going in a direction they don't want to go and they won't lift their foot. 
I mean, there's like 5% of the population, maybe the same, maybe the same group who falls asleep while they're driving. <laughs> maybe not the same people, but yeah. the same percentage. You know, it's, it's, I, I would teach my little brother to drive back in the day, but always I would just grab whatever car, almost all of them at the time, a few not, but all of them had the, had the e-brake in between the oh, two front. You know? yeah. So you could always get, like, you could always grab the steering wheel a little, but at least you could, like, do something to kind of slow the car right. down. Even mm-hmm. if he's hitting the gas, once you pull the e-brake, it kind of shocks them right. to, like, you know. Yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. And now everything's just electric. It's a button. It's a little tab. or Foot so, pedal or something, you know, but it's not yeah. near your foot. No, I mean, not if you're not. a passenger. So you kind of need, I don't know, you just kind of need more of an animal analog car mm-hmm. yeah. to teach on. Right. But the new ones are so much easier because everything's like digital on the dash and it's steering so easy and everything is so smooth and it's just, it's so, you don't have to feather the throttle. There's nothing, there's all the stuff we had to deal with. Like, is this not yeah. there? And you could configure those things to beep at you as loud as it needs to when you're doing the wrong thing. You right, know, you drift out of a lane and it starts mm-hmm. shaking the steering wheel, or even turns it like back into a lane a little bit. Doesn't mean you're not going to go over the edge at Angeles Crest, but it just means it might no. it might warn you a little on your way down. <laughs> so uh, I was, uh, yeah, that's that's the house I grew up in. Oh so, yeah, look at that thing. Well, that house. Oh, is that? Wait a minute. That house is probably fifteen, seventeen feet right to left, and I then goes back the about twenty-two feet. <laughs> Front door. <laughs> but that's not my dad's house, Max Zapata. My dad's is the A-frame. Oh yeah, no, it's, this is their mom's house. Yeah, bulldozed. So that's this, these are actually the pictures of that I, when I went by and it was bulldozed, taken down. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wait a minute! Show me that one there. Yeah. What, look at that. What is that? Those are the two doors. That's the house. Oh, that's the two doors. The two Uh, doors. Yeah, that's the house. It looks like a shipping container. (laughs) I think you lived in a shipping (laughs) container. (laughs) I would have loved to lived in a shipping container. I lived on a porch. All right. So uh, two front doors. Yeah. So this uh, this uh, car I I speak of was a uh, Pratt and Miller Corvette. You know, I'm not a big Corvette guy, but I and I'm not a big yellow guy, but I like those Pratt and Miller yeah. Corvettes. They're cool pieces. Um, our uh, our friend uh, Bruce Meyer has one. He yeah, has the one the, that won Lamar. But this one, it won its class at Sebring. It won its class at Daytona, which is you know nothing to scoff at. Definitely had some podiums and some first places. And uh, I think they're asking like nine seventy five for it. Now it's a two thousand and fourteen, but it's kind of a it's kind of a good sign that I keep saying that these modern cars are starting to fetch money because yeah. people are people are doing the math. Like you're going to wish you bought this car. This you're going to wish <clears throat> in two thousand and twenty that you bought this two thousand and fourteen car in two thousand and thirty. Yeah, you're going to you're going to you're going to be happy 15, 15 years down the road. You're going to be happy you squeeze the trigger on this car. Yeah. Where is the car? I think it's at Fantasy Junction, which is uh, across the street from uh, Pixar. Been in there, been in there before. But um, yeah, it's a cool it's a cool piece. Got some good history. And, uh, you know, you could definitely take it out for track days, although you might need some tech support because it's <clears throat> it's got like the 
butterfly steering wheel and yeah. you know that that kind of stuff. It's a pretty technically advanced car. The thing that's kind of interesting about those cars is they're not brutes in terms of you know the Corvette I drove. The Trans Am car had nine hundred horsepower. These things have like. 535 or something because they're limited by whatever with their class or whatever that thing is so as as big a brute as this race car may seem a street corvette in in some trim might have more horsepower right yeah of course it's not going to be lighter and it's not going to have big slicks on it or anything yeah yeah like a new hellcat or gt500 has more horsepower Right. This thing had uh it said it had it had a new GM engine in it or something with like five hundred and thirty five horsepower or something. Something like that. Anyway, cool piece. Uh again, not not insane horsepower, but yeah. certainly enough to get you around the track on a track day, that's for Chris, sure. Chris, that photo that was the white piece of paper with all the numbers on it. I didn't know if that was track times or was that a dyno number? No, there's something on the description, Chris, yeah, that all yeah. There's that's uh, that's the dyno sheet, right? So uh We've got uh, horsepower and torque, and it looks like it's 485. Where's the peak? To the 60 rear? 60-something hundred horsepower, 480. It's kind of tough for me to see. 448, 468. Max Patty, you can go – just go to the front page. It, it just says it says it comes with – you know, just had the engine tune. Whatever. 500 horsepower. Cool piece. Under a million bucks. I don't know what they'll get for it, but um, – Sounds weird, but probably a good investment. Well, you know, in that in that same vein, <clears throat> probably in that same price range, probably a little less. Of course, what they'll get and what they're asking is a little different. Is that there's a Cunningham car, chassis number four? Oh yeah, is uh, is up for sale. I sent that to Chris as well, which is, you know, our our, our buddy Mike owned this car. Uh, you know, five hundred and seventy four horsepower in house GM engine. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense for mm-hmm. what the, the rear wheel number was that mm-hmm. I was reading off. But this Cunningham car, chassis number four, is a very cool car. Uh, Mike uh, took very good care of it, and he raced it and had some fun with it. And, you know, even said it's a little scary to drive, but as it you would expect. But this is uh, obviously a car that, that, uh, that we love. It's similar to your car. Uh, very, very similar, but different different configuration, different engine, different year, but... Uh, this car is uh, is for sale as well, I believe. I told <sighs> I told Matt to get a price, but he can't get a price. On yeah, it. I, I've 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 he's he's I don't uh, he's asking like eight fifty <laughs> eight fifty. I don't get when you sell a car and then you put on your website we're selling this car, and then it says price upon request, and then you request the price. And they don't get back to you. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not sure how you sell things that way. I don't. I don't know how you would sell a condo that way, a, a car, yeah. or um, I'm not sure how you would sell a street taco that way. Like if you're, if you're not willing, price request of the taco truck. We're not willing to communicate about the price. Yeah. Then that's going to be a tough sell. Well, considering that's literally the only transaction you're going for is based on price, is, well, is a sale. Yeah, if it's five hundred grand, then it'll sell tomorrow, and if it's uh, nine hundred grand, it's going to take a while. Yeah. And that's, uh, but I, again, it's weird that they don't do that. So Matt, I told Matt to get hold of him. It's been twenty four hours. Like 
I don't know, you just get an email with somebody going, how much is this car? And then you go, hmm, not so fast. Yeah. Not sure what the strategy is. Uh, I might just be inclined to put the fucking price on the website yeah. so people could know it's what the option. price is. It is available. You can put the price on the website. It's not like there's a feature there that they never thought of. <laughs> right. So. Uh, well, it's a cool car. Somebody should buy it and enjoy it, but we don't know if you should buy it because we don't know what it costs. I think it's eight fifty. <laughs> well, eight fifty is what they're what they're what asking. they're asking for. Everything's negotiable. That's why it's used. So you um, drove the Formula Mustang E. Wait, Mustang Formula E. You're what not going to get it right. Mustang E. The Mustang Mach E. Mach <laughs> Mach E. Yeah. Well, that's even deeper because they got the Mach One. I know and, the Mach know. One is nice. Right. So uh, now it's really we're really going down a road. So Mach E is. Their all-electric SUV or crossover, it's the four-door, slightly mm-hmm. lifted off the air. It's not really an off-road vehicle, so it's not like it's a Bronco or anything. But it, the Mustang Mach-E is their their electric EV. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I will say this. it's So many people are debating on what it, whether it should be called a Mustang or not. And I know most of the people that I interact with on social media are saying, shouldn't call it a Mustang, don't call it a Mustang. I get it because a lot of you guys are like myself or enthusiasts. You, you, you like the hot Mustangs for sure. Um, I, I think for the masses, it is marketable. And, mm-hmm. and to say it's a marketing flaw, like it's a disaster to say, call it a Mustang. I don't think so. I think there's a lot of people that wanted a Mustang in their lifetime mm-hmm. and never got one. And now it's not even practical car to get, but the Mustang Mach-E is. Mm-hmm. And by also calling it a Mustang, Ford realized we do need to have some base level of performance. We can mm-hmm. create it. We can create an EV and we can create a Prius competitor, but if we're going to call it a Mustang, it needs to have certain performance benchmarks. Mm-hmm. And that actually does make the vehicle more fun. So mm-hmm. uh, the event that I went to is they, they got a handful of these. Um, we met at the parking lot of the Forum in Inglewood. Mm. Mm-hmm. And then they set up uh, a sort of an autocross course. Mm-hmm. And, and we drove – well – uh, we drove the Mustang Mach E rear wheel drive version around the autocross, mm-hmm. and it was great. It was fantastic, and it felt great. And then you got into the all wheel drive long range version, mm-hmm. and they load up in the map and they go, "Here you go. You're going to go through Santa Monica and Venice, and you're going to go through Malibu, and you're going to hit uh, like Las Flores, and you're going to mm-hmm. cut through all the canyons." Mm-hmm. And uh, and try it out that way as well. So, and then you bring it back. You're out for about two two and a half hours driving the whole thing, mm-hmm. and uh, it it was good. It was really good. And this is basically the base model or the select model. This isn't the GT model, right? So mm-hmm. this thing is something like zero to sixty in four and a half seconds. Quick. The GT is going to be three point eight, and the GT performance pack. Is going to be three point five seconds. How about the R? Yeah, I don't know if they're going to do an R. Yeah, everyone's got to do an R. They got to do. They got to do a. They got to do an R. But uh, blenders do an R eventually. You got to get to everything has an R on it. Everything has point. an R or some sort of GTR or mm-hmm. something on it. Uh, I, I, you know, I again, I don't know where they're going to go from here, but 
some of the cool things about this is the amount of technology that they're able to put in this thing is absolutely fantastic. You can control everything basically through the Ford app on your phone. Anywhere in the world, you can monitor its charging. You can find chargers. You can download over-the-air updates for the software for the car, which when when everything is basically electric at this point, you can change uh, brake pedal feel, steering feel. Everything has an electrification to it at some point, mm-hmm. right? Uh, mm-hmm. So you can really kind of change everything. And one of the guys there that was walking us through it was, I don't know, six foot seven, and he fit in the back. I mean, you know. He's got some headroom. He's a little cramped. He's a big dude, but mm-hmm. uh, it, you know, I would say it doesn't have quite as much room as the Tesla SUV, but it uh, it it did perform well. It rode well. They do this thing called um, uh, it, sort of a, a one foot driving. So there's a mode in it that with your right foot you hit the accelerator, and when you let off. It starts applying the brakes. You don't need mm. to use the brake. Mm. And it's actually very smart. So when when you're under normal conditions driving, like you're driving down, we left the forum, you're sitting in traffic, stoplight to stoplight. Right, right. In your head, you you know when you're going to let off right. the brake, mm-hmm. let off the, the throttle and, and mm-hmm. hit the brake. Well, you just let off the throttle and it starts getting on the brake for you. And without touching anything else, it stops Right before the car in front of you at the stoplight. Oh, it, yeah. it knows. Now, that feature you can turn off. So when you do want to, like, hit the canyons or something, you want to control more brakes. So you can come in a little hotter in the corner and get up on the brake a little more aggressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they even told us, like, hey, when you get to the canyons, turn the feature off and then try it conventionally. And mm-hmm. then when you drive it home, put it back onto the one-pedal system and see, mm-hmm. find the difference. There's a little bit of a learning curve mm-hmm. because when you let off the gas, you're like, oh, this thing's hitting the brake. We're like, what's going on? And then if you hit the brake on top of it, it really slows down. So, so interesting learning curve. But once you get used to it, you're like, oh, it's just a whole new level of convenience or lazy, however you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it, uh, it worked out great. Now, the GT version won't be out uh, for like another eight or nine months, but mm-hmm. uh, these are going to start hitting uh, – uh, hitting the showrooms pr- uh, soon. They're doing a lot of testing on them. Um, it's uh, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting vehicle. It starts at about forty three thousand. You can get up to about sixty ish. I think with GT Performance Package up to seventy ish. But this is Ford's first like all EV vehicle. So whereas all the other car companies, Toyota and of course Tesla and, and a lot of them have done this, Ford still can take advantage of that tax credit, which they because it has to do with how many vehicles they EVs they sold. Uh-huh. So if you want a Mustang Mach E, there's a certain amount of these first year or so mm-hmm. where you can get up to the seventy five hundred tax credit. Um so to me it it looks a lot like the Tesla whatever. I can't remember that fucking Tesla yeah, the midsize. Model Y, I think. Yeah, there's too yeah. many cars. But it looks like the Tesla Model Y, I guess, or whatever. That's it's the next size down from the the big SUV mm-hmm. Tesla. It's got. A, it looks like about the same wheelbase and the same kind of general it's, stats. It's the size of Porsche Macan. All right. It, it actually has a very similar but, look. Uh, but the to me, um, to me, that's that's the competition. So, what is that thing sticker for? 
And what's the difference? Yeah, so Max Pat is going to have to find that one. You out. can find the actual stickers, but we were just uh, talking earlier this week with Alistair from Edmunds.com, and they released their best of list, best mm-hmm. sedan, whatever. Mm-hmm. And what they came up with was their best EV was the Tesla Model Three, the small sedan, yeah. mm-hmm. and their best luxury EV is actually they they took the Mustang Mach E and put it into that category with a forty thousand dollar cutoff. Instead of saying luxury was a a brand designation, they went purely financial, and most of the Tesla Model Threes. Uh, well equipped, like long range, lower features, but long range. It mm-hmm. comes in around thirty seven thousand. The Mustang comes in at forty three before tax credits, but that's where they they ranked at number one as, in that segment. So when you get into the Tesla SUV, now I think you're in like into the well into the fifties. Now the the Mustang Mach E, nicely equipped is going to put you into the mid-50s. And that's why they were saying, hey, you can get into it at, at 43000 but you're going to spend 50000 56000 on that car. Well, to me, it is the Tesla Y at forty nine nine nine. call that 50, mm-hmm. and then this uh, one at forty two eight nine five. so we'll call that 43. So... There's a seven thousand dollar difference now. If, if that's if everything is kind of apples to apples, you know, this you, know, you have to check the range, you have to check the zero to sixty, uh, you have to check the options. But if all things are kind of being equal, and you can save seven grand, then that seems good. If you can save four grand, maybe you go with the Tesla because they've been making it longer or there's a little cachet or something who, who the hell knows. But, uh, if, if equally, um, optioned and, um, and you know, all things being kind of apples to apples, uh, seven grand's, you know, pretty good. I, I, you know, I guess you, I guess the magic number is 10 grand. You know, if you go, mm-hmm. it's just like the Tesla, but it's 10 grand cheaper, but, uh, seven grand's nothing to sneeze at. Yeah, you know, and when talking with with Alistair, he was saying that they have a Model Y in their fleet. Now, they have the performance edition, so I'm not sure what exactly that does to the suspension, but the Mustang Mach-E was a more comfortable, better driving vehicle uh, compared to the Tesla when they sort of went back-to-back on it. Mm. Um, So that was an interesting point that that you brought up. Yeah, I'd I'd take the Mustang Mach-E over the Tesla. It was fun to drive. It was... was, uh, you know, it it definitely had a little bit of a sports car flair to it, mm-hmm. which which made it kind of fun. All right, let me tell you about Geico. Do you own? Do you rent your home? Well, you do one or the other, and you want to make things easy. So, how about you bundle some policies over there at Geico? Bundle your homeowners and renters insurance along with your auto policy. Put them together. Get them under one roof. Make it easy and save money. At uh, Geico.com, you get a quote. See just how much you could be saving at Geico.com when you visit Geico.com today and you start bundling people. All right, take a quick break. Be right back with uh, part two of the show right after this. Support for this podcast comes from Pluto TV. Ready to get away from it all? Free yourself with Pluto TV. Stream hundreds of channels and thousands of movies and shows all for free. Yeah, free. No contracts, no subscriptions, no fees. 
Imagine 24-7 channels of Narcos, CSI, Star Trek, Survivor, and everything else from hit movies to binge-worthy TV shows, the latest news, live sports, comedy, and more. What are you waiting for? Download the free Pluto TV app for Android or iPhone and start watching now. Pluto TV. Drop in. Watch free. Back with uh, more car cast with the Motorator Man over here who's uh, out there taking care of business, man, driving uh, mock E Mustangs driving, yeah. driving the Senna, yeah. driving the McLarens. I mean, it got a lot of a, a lot of range. It was interesting to go from Senna to Mach E, <laughs> like almost back to back. Yeah, uh, it was a little bit, but you know, it's a little spice of life, a little variety. Uh, the the car I'm trying to get into now, because um, it's been a little while, and I feel like all the other actual journalists (laughs) this is more of an entertainment side of things Mm -hmm. is i want to drive the the corvette c8 i want to drive the new corvette it seems fantastic and seeing more on the road uh, reviews are good um uh, tons of mods are already coming out for them and then we 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 know we're getting in hotter versions we're getting z06 zr1 whatever versions and we're still unclear. Like the C8 has the pushrod engine. We could get a four valve overhead cam engine in one of them. We can get a supercharged or turbocharged engine in one of them. And then, you know, and talking to guys like Ken Lingenfelter, and he's doing all this stuff to him, supercharging and and big engine packages. And the, the car just keeps getting better and better. Even with the mods, it just keeps getting well, better and better. So that's an exciting car. I, I, hopefully I can drive soon. Some people tweet me. Sometimes I go, I know you hate Corvettes. I I don't hate Corvettes. I hate the people who drive them. There's a difference. <laughs> no, it's a, it's, it's a great piece. And look, uh, let me talk about myself in glowing terms, everybody. <laughs> um, I don't love cars just because, and I don't like people just because if you want to be a good dude, yeah. then I'm going to like you. If you want to be a bad dude, then I'm not going to like you. I, there's this weird thing where it's like, why don't you like this guy? But you like that guy. Well, that guy's a piece of shit. Yeah, that guy sucks. And the that other guy's, guy's cool. fucking awesome. That's that's what I'm basing it yeah. on. I don't know how you guys go through life, but that's how I do it. Um, Corvettes, basically my entire life or a, a good chunk of my life were pieces of shit. <laughs> yeah. So what am I supposed to base my love on? I love Corvettes just because. I didn't love Corvettes just because because yeah. there were pieces of shit. When you know, when you when I was looking at cars, you know, to buy a used car or something that was sporty, I was looking at 240Zs and Corvette just seemed like a big hunk of plastic mm-hmm. that got shitty mileage, you know, or at least the ones, you know, the used ones or the 80s ones or the early 80s ones or whatever. So it wasn't in a I wasn't doing it in a vacuum. I was doing it because they're pieces of shit. And then uh, I got the same relationship. You know, we'll go from the bow tie over to the Mustang over here, which is um, not a fan because all the Mustangs in that same time period were pieces of shit. Right. So then you drove the Mustang Bullet, the new one. Sweet car. Right. So I graduated high school in 1982. Everything that Mustang made and everything that Corvette made or Chevy made and Ford made, the performance stuff was weird and shitty. Yeah. I kind of like the Mustang SVT or whatever. The oh, fuck. the SVO. Yeah. The, SVO. Yeah. The, that was kind of a cool piece. I mainly just like the hood. Yeah. But, uh, 
in the 16-inch rims. But the, the point is, is everything was kind of a pile of shit, and it remained a pile of shit for well over a decade. Yeah. Like also all those years, those formative years, like the time you graduate high school to the time you're 30, where you're into cars, you're checking out cars and whatever. The Corvettes were always junk and the interiors were kind of embarrassing and the steering wheels were weird and everything was plastic. And uh, same with the Mustangs, all the fake scoops and all that bullshit. And uh, the uh, antenna that screwed onto the front fender. So I did not like any of those cars. Then they started making good cars. Yeah. Just like the aforementioned person that was a piece of shit <laughs> who's turned his life around. Yeah, yeah. Is now showing up on time and being respectful and doing that. It, it doesn't behoove me to continue hating that person because this person is now doing other things. Yeah. There's way too much of this in life. <laughs> I'm not deciding whether I like Corvettes or not. Chevy's deciding whether I like Corvettes or not. That's actually a good point. Yes, they are deciding whether or not you should start liking their Corvettes by making them better. And now they've made a good car, and now I like Corvettes. And Mustang makes uh, many good iterations of their car, and now I like them. And the same would uh, the same would hold for any employee I've ever had. <laughs> you want to fucking turn it around? You want to get your shit together? Yeah. You want me to? Uh, but they got to turn it around. <laughs> or they just wonder why I'm a hater. <laughs> yeah. People when uh, when people aren't fans of yours, don't don't wonder why they're hating. Now, I'm not talking about whatever dickhead sends you a shitty tweet, you know, that mm. that person doesn't know you. I'm saying like when people are familiar with your product and they ain't into you, check the product. Yeah. That's all. And I don't know why you would want to be a Corvette man or Mustang man or Z man or whatever man, man or Mopar man, like base it on the product. You know, yeah. I mean, look, look at, look at Cadillac. Like Cadillac was great. Then Cadillac was shit. Now Cadillac is cool. I'd happily drive a Cadillac yeah. SUV. I'd be happy to drive it. I mean, I always say, look at Audi. Audi was a joke. Yeah. Lincoln. Lincoln, right? Lincoln was a car that fat guys drove in, you know, <laughs> mobsters, mobsters and stuff. Lincoln was weird. I would fucking love a Lincoln. Yeah, now. now I, they're gorgeous. Well, well, so who's this on me or them? <laughs> I make a good product. I'm, I'm here. Yeah, I don't uh, I don't get why that's not abundantly clear. You'd be kind of an idiot just to be a Lincoln fan straight through. Right. You know, like I was I started with the. Kennedy's uh, presidential motorcade car, and I am never stopped being a Lincoln fan, even in 1992. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, why? why? Right. So now Lincoln makes really good shit, and people have a short memory, and I'd be more than happy to drive uh, any Lincoln. I mean, that Lincoln SUV black, was it, that yeah, we took out? Yeah, the black label. That is a beautiful piece, man. Thank you, Matthew McConaughey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sitting and ice fishing. Yeah, just thinking. Just thinking. Just thinking. Sitting in the back of his... He was driving Lincolns long before Lincolns were cool. Yeah. Yeah, but... Uh, yeah. Well, probably too much love for the suicide door, Lincoln. That thing is just a big, <laughs> shitty boat, right? Yeah. Mm. Well, there's a modern Lincoln Continental. We drove the Continental, which is cool, but they did a, a suicide door version of the kind of a bespoke version that they i think they were going to sell a handful it was kind of a cool 
oh, did spin they? on sort of a cool retro spin on the modern good car, right? Mm. So they just did can it. I yeah. uh, can I give thanks for something? Sure. All the dickheads that were converting their Acuras into scissor lift doors and whatever. Remember <laughs> yeah. that trend about 10 years ago? Where yeah, the Lamborghini doing... doors. Everybody had Lamborghini doors. Somebody finally figured out that the uh, $8,000 and 2,000 man hours that translated into zero value yeah. for their car when they tried to sell it. Someone finally figured out that probably wasn't an awesome idea. Yeah, Uh Except for the people selling the kits, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they made they made some bank on it. Um, let me just uh, tell you guys about our friends at Dodge real quick. We all know that Dodge means horsepower and muscle. But did you know that JD Power has ranked Dodge number one for initial quality? And JD Power also named Dodge the automotive company with the best driver appeal for mass market brands. So there's never been a better time now to join the brotherhood of muscle. See your local Dodge dealer today, or visit Dodge.com. Um. The uh, the Newman watch sold for five five, couple couple clicks under five five. The inscribed watch we were talking about, I think, before the Rolex. Yeah, I don't know much more about it other than that. The McQueen Tag well, Hauer, or was it Hauer or Hoer? Tag Hauer. Tag Hoyer. Hoyer, sorry, Tag Hoyer. But I guess it's just it was just a Hoyer. Maybe Tag got involved. Yeah, I don't think Tag Tag wasn't part of it. Back then? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. So it was just okay. a Hoyer. That sold for $2.2 bucks. Right. And that was the one he gave to the mechanic or stunt guy or right. whatever it was. Right. Mechanic, so that yeah. was, yeah, that was, so that was the gifted one. It's all about inscribing it. Apparently that's where the value is, is when, mm-hmm. you, when you deface the property, then it becomes more valuable, which is mm-hmm. counterproductive, sound counterintuitive. But the... Obviously, the uh, the Newman watch at at five five significantly less than the seventeen point whatever, but still came in as I believe the third most expensive Rolex sold at auction. So, mm-hmm. um, pretty pretty significant money there. And the question is, do you think they're happy with that number? Do you think whoever was selling it, the Newman daughter or something like that, was you know, and they did their thing, but like they did before, there's going to be some portion of charity. We don't know what the portion is going to be, but it's going to be some portion. And who knows? Maybe on the back end, there's some sort of sliding scale going. Ah, if we hit this dollar amount, you get five percent. You hit this dollar amount, you get ten percent. But uh, charity wise, yeah, charity wise. So there's something there that's that's good, and people are making money off it. But do you think? You know, it's a weird thing because the auction house is probably going, this is fantastic. 5.5, third best-selling Rolex of all time. Uh, nowhere near the $17 million, but they're probably going, we never thought it was going to be there anyway. Do you think the seller was like, 5.5 five is fantastic. We were hoping for a million bucks. Anything above that is going to be gravy. Or do you think they're like, eh, 5.5, five, it's not much different than the one for 17. <laughs> I, I no, got to believe. Want, do you think they wanted eight? When did the seventeen one go? A year and a half ago, or two yeah. years ago? I got to believe that when the one goes for eighteen million bucks, I think all in that thing was like eighteen seven or something for some reason. Uh, I think it was lower. Yeah, I think it was seventeen six, maybe seventeen oh. eight. I don't know. Look that one up, Max Pata. Yeah, yeah seventeen. Million seven hundred fifty thousand. So like that was yeah, seventeen eight. But it didn't. Ha- it, it it hammered for that, or that was no, it all. Hammered in. for fifteen five. That's oh, okay. All yeah. Well, color me corrected. So seventeen, almost eight. eighteen. 
you know, so if 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 the big brother sold for 18 million bucks and yours didn't make it um oh is it max pata for some reason is it oh it was 555 five, five? Mm-hmm. was that the amount yeah yeah so when they when the big brother makes it to 18 and yours doesn't make it to 6 i think there may be a little disappointment i because i know the beauty of the human condition the beauty of the human condition is there are people out there that would blow someone for a can of garbanzo beans. They're so fucking <laughs> hungry. And then there's other people in there who get a watch from their dad and they're a little disappointed when it goes for five million bucks. Right, right. Now, right. again, when my dad dies, there'll be a fucking flugelhorn that I'll have to take into a pawn shop and I'll get 80 bucks for it. Like that, your dad dies. <laughs> They'll be like, we've been looking for this thing. You're going to inherit. Somebody owes us money on this thing. You're going to inherit some debt. Some I'm going to have to pay for the fucking funeral. <laughs> so th- cry me a fucking river. But I always think about... Uh, Luigi Canetti Jr. I think it was Luigi Canetti Jr. I think he was a junior. Anyway, Canetti won the Le Mans with Ferrari, and then he Ferrari granted him the right to have the first dealerships for Ferrari in uh, in the U.S. Yeah. So he had the things, and then of course he built them this crazy one-off kind of mid-seat, mid-engine. Really cool piece that we've talked about before. Had a lot of the precursor sort of shape of the Dino in it. All kind of the cool stuff mm-hmm. about the Dino, mm-hmm. but with a cool like race derived, you know, dry sump, you know, mid engine in it. I mean, just one of the coolest kind of bespoke one off Ferrari non race cars, you know, just cool factory one off, whatever. Been in the family for a million years course now it's time for the sun to bring it to auction because i don't know why why you can't give it to your son but (laughs) for some reason it doesn't work that way yeah and uh you know he takes it to auction and he's sitting there with wayne carini and it stalls out on like 23 million dollars and he's got this look like god jesus this is a disaster what a waste of my time (laughs) he 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 has a look he has that look like when you when you walk into your wife's bathroom and you realize her curling iron has been on for two days. <laughs> <laughs> that fucking feel like, yeah, oh, what the? What? Jesus Christ. Can't fucking catch a break here. <laughs> like, that was the look. <laughs> he, was, he was disgusted. <laughs> now, again, I don't know. Lu- Luigi Canetti, Jim Carolla. <laughs> I don't know your dad's first name. Yeah, right. But uh, there's probably some daylight there between those two and yeah. what they left behind, you know? I'd say. Yeah. He had a walk home <laughs> tail between his legs. Uh, no, my favorite part about his look is if he'd broken a pencil and smacked it, cracked his fist on the ground, that would have been one thing. He just looked disgusted. <laughs> like he had this like, oh, why me? Yeah. He had this. It happens every time. Yeah. Story of my life. <laughs> the story of his life. Can't crack $23 million. <laughs> I don't know what that number was, and Max has to look it up or something. I don't even know if you can. It was like, it, it was probably about three years old now, but it was over $20 million bucks, and it stalled out, and he was like, not, not happy. And, and that's knocking on the door of like world records for cars. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a handful of $20 million cars. It's, it's, it's knocking on the record of street cars yeah it's it's not 
knocking on the door of, of Ferrari GTO race car or some other race cars, but I have it street uh, car. It did not sell for twenty two five. Yeah, I was way off with my twenty three. Yeah. Um, yeah, no sale at twenty two five. But to be fair to him. Well, he got the car for free, but he had to pay for shipping. That's right. He had to pay for shipping. And there's... Reliable. You know, Wayne had to had to gap the plugs <laughs> and put a co- coat of Carnuba wax on it <laughs> right. and bleed the brakes. That's got to be 900 bucks. Yeah. He's into that thing for, I don't know, It could be in that thing for like, depending on where it was shipped from. But yeah, he could be in for as much as three grand. So let's be fair. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> Naples, Florida, Matt's favorite place, off the hook, January 16th and 17th. We're doing a live podcast and stand up there as well. Also, the Pickwick Bowl in uh, Burbank, January 23rd. We're doing a drive in car show there and stand up there. Go to com and find out where everything is going on and check out. Um, Check out our YouTube page as well and watch all our free stand up there. What do you got, Matt? Uh, just uh, posting some stuff up on social media and love your comments. And uh, so check that out at uh, Motorator. So till next time, Adam Crow from Matt, the Motorator, DeAndra saying keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. Geico, maybe you own your home or you rent your home. Either way, it can be a lot of hard work. But you know what's easy? Bundling your policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. And that's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home already. So just go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. That's GEICO.com. Support for this podcast comes from Pluto TV. Ready to get away from it all? Free yourself with Pluto TV. Stream hundreds of channels and thousands of movies and shows all for free. Yeah, free. No contracts, no subscriptions, no fees. Imagine 24-7 channels of Narcos, CSI, Star Trek, Survivor, and everything else from hit movies to binge-worthy TV shows, the latest news, live sports, comedy, and more. What are you waiting for? Download the free Pluto TV app for Android or iPhone and start watching now. Pluto TV. Drop in. Watch free.